back to the Family Movie Night podcast where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. This is episode 39, and I am joined, as always, by the hero of our podcast today, wearing glasses. Are those are those uh, shaded glasses, Donnie these Dorsey? Are, these are screen glasses, like they're but they're like they're screen glasses that you could accidentally go out in public and people go, "Hey, that's kind of nice." Yeah. Those look like Tony Stark glasses. I was gonna say, I'm truth- feeling very feeling very Stark esque. I feel like I should go like I don't know, like find an arc reactor and and start to well, use fine. it for power. Johnny Dorsey built this in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, the villain of our podcast, Obadiah Stane. <laughs> or in hey, this- I'll, take a Jeff, I'll take Jeff Bridges. I think in this case, I'm what, like, I don't even know who the villain of this movie technically yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to say, that that would be a good conversation for us to have. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sawyer Hewlett, the villain of our podcast, uh, who I know is very excited to hear uh, because this has been a long-awaited episode. Today we are are covering uh, uh, Finding Nemo. The what is this? The fifth Pixar, fourth, fifth Pixar, p- fifth, fifth Pixar, Pixar film. Right after Monsters uh, Inc. Yep. Uh, this is a film uh, that we will talk about in a moment. The reason Sawyer is very excited though is because I I believe I have said this is the worst Pixar movie or at least towards the bottom. I don't know if anyone remembers exactly what I have said on this podcast. Um, but Sawyer Sawyer how did you feel when I said the first time that I thought this was one of the worst Pixar movies um my my respect for your cinema acumen went down quite a bit when you said that is the thing I will be honest I was like because I have ever since I we started this podcast been like Nathan knows what he's talking about with movies but then you talked crap on finding nemo one of one of the s tier pixar movies it is it is one of the exceptional pixar movies in the rank of toy story 2 and ratatouille and the first toy story and the incredibles okay it is up i certainly have always agreed with you on those first ones but the question of this podcast is since i have rewatched the film do i stand by my previous uh, announcement or have I changed my mind? We will get to that in a moment. But first, Donnie Dorsey, why don't you tell them what we do on this podcast? Yeah. So on this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories, start conversations that'll matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships. And movie nights are great opportunities to do this because movies are not just an easy way to share laughter and joy, fear and sadness in a safe environment, but they also give us a chance to talk about what matters most to us in ways that are meaningful and memorable with our children. And uh, on this podcast, we, we want to not only recommend some movies you could watch on your monthly movie night, but uh, give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you can have with your children during or after the movie. 
And as always, we do not want this podcast to just be another thing on your list of parents, uh, lists of things to do that you don't end up doing and feel guilty about. Uh, we really are trying to make it easier for you as a family to be together, to build memories, and, and really to start conversations about your love of Jesus with your kids that'll help inspire the same thing for them and to help them live well. And we think this movie, Finding Nemo from 2003, uh, will be a good opportunity for you to do that uh, with your children. In case you don't know uh, what Finding Nemo is about, uh, it is about a, a fish named uh, Marlin who after his son is captured in the Great Barrier Reef and taken to Sydney, Australia, a timid clownfish sets out on a journey to bring him home. And uh, this movie has a lot of really good themes about it, but the question is, We've already heard from Sawyer, so I want to start with Donnie Dorsey. Is this movie enjoyable? Donnie Dorsey, please tell us what your thoughts are, my friend. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to say this. I think that this movie is by far one of the absolute most enjoyable watches I've had in a while. Like, oh, that was just, so good. That was such a good. <laughs> that tension. was a perfect just, delivery. Yeah, it's was, so good. So, so excellent. most enjoyable. Are you? Were you going to say of the movies we've watched? I think of the Pixar movies because I think it gives us a lot of. It has a lot more depth than it has the right to. Like it's it covers more topics that in this you know family movie than most other movies of its kind that are with more adults playing these roles. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that's good. I think that's good. I can already see Sawyer nodding his head and smiling. And I know he can't wait to agree. So Sawyer, tell us why do you think parents should watch this movie with their kids? Um, so your kids are going to love this movie because it's really funny. Dory Ellen DeGeneres, character is uh, just hilarious as well as like other characters throughout the movie that are more supporting and stuff like that. Um, but I think parents are going to enjoy this movie um, because I think it is very much about parenting as well. Um, it is, as most Pixar movies <laughs> as are. As a lot of Pixar movies <laughs> yeah. are, if we're being honest. Um, I, like when I was a kid, when this movie came out, I, I just loved all the Dory stuff. Um, and the um, sort of uh, the escape from Alcatraz stuff was always fun to me. Um, but uh, this time, I probably hadn't watched this movie in six or seven years. And uh, I, I just, man, it emotionally just grabs you with that open. There's an opening scene in this movie that we're going to get into that just perfectly establishes Marlon's character, okay? And it establishes everything that you need to know about him going forward into the movie. And it perfectly cues you into where he's, his headspace is going to be throughout the rest of the movie. And it's just, it's just almost perfect how they lace it all through to the very the very last scene it is uh, it's so it's it's probably my favorite movie that we've talked about on the podcast i i i'd have to look back on it but my neighbor totoro is up there but this one this one is oh, it's so good are you done yep <laughs> all right before we get to my opinion of the movie, uh, I do want to uh, mention that uh, Heidi was unable to be here. I realized I didn't say that at the beginning. So Heidi is not feeling well. She was not be able to be here to uh, hear my thoughts, the most important thoughts 
That is true. These are the most important. Yours are the most important thoughts pertaining to this conversation. Okay. That's true. You're the lost soul here. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we're going to hear my thoughts right after we thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So, Sawyer, I have tortured him enough. Before I get to my current thoughts on the movie, let me fully lay out what my previous thoughts were because I I did not fairly uh, assess them, and I will tell you whether they were. I watched this movie when it came out in 2003, uh, and my younger brother, Benjamin, was in love with it in in the way that I was in love with Toy Story and Toy Story 2 uh, and watched them all the time. We had the little um, VHS tape that was like an orange VHS tape. And we watched uh, Clownfish VHS tape and we watched it over and over and over again. And I was 13. I was in eighth grade and uh, I found this movie infuriating. I found it. uh, I found I found Dory to be so annoying and uh, such a cloying character. uh, And I just I could not put up with it. Everyone I knew in elementary and middle school uh, that were those ages at the time were were constantly being crush the turtle. And I found uh, that depiction to be just frustrating. I found this movie to just be so frustrating. And now as an adult watching it again, this is what I will say. Dory is still a problem. Uh, I do not find Dory to be great. Besides that, I think this movie is absolutely wonderful. Uh, I think this movie is not only uh, you should, if you guys could see on the audio podcast, the smile on Sawyer's face. <laughs> Sawyer, how are you feeling just already with that? Look, I, I am. I will take that. Okay. Dory, Dory, like she should not have gotten her own movie. Okay. That is a more than hundred percent. Okay. That. that, that was a bad decision. She could not carry her own movie. Um, and I'll I get- think, I think she's fine in the role in this movie, but yeah, that criticism, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight that at all. She is. I'll say, I don't think Dory, the character is a problem. Uh, There is something in the Ellen DeGeneres characterization uh, that does not work for me. And I know for most people, she was the standout star of the movie. And I know it was uh, a a big deal. There's something about her characterization that, uh, and I know she's supposed to be slightly obnoxious, but is more obnoxious to me than it should be. Besides that, I think this movie is pretty um, insanely strong in its scripting, something I probably would not have appreciated at 13. Um, The humor doesn't work a ton for me, but I'll be honest, almost every Pixar movie is not funny to me. Uh, I get it's funny in the way that like um, uh, when if you've ever taken like an improv class and someone explains to you joke structure, I understand that it is funny, but it doesn't always make me laugh. Uh, but I will say, I think the characters are fantastic. I think the emotion of it, as Sawyer has already mentioned, is powerful beyond belief. Uh, the And the choice, in case you don't know, if you like movie uh, history stuff, the choice for Andrew Stanton originally was not to begin the movie uh, with that scene. The movie was going to begin, and you were going to get flashes of the scene throughout. But what they found was Marlon was such a... Uh, when you didn't know why he was as protective as he was, yeah. he seemed like an overbearing, irrational parent and no one could be on his side. But when you begin the movie, knowing that he lost his wife and all of his children, except for Nemo, you immediately sympathize with him and you can understand. Uh, and I think that is a brilliant choice. I think it is a brilliant choice. I think this movie just works on so many levels. My children love this movie. We had a great time watching it. Uh, 
I, I don't know because we're doing a Pixar rewatch right now. I will let you know later where it fits total. But right now, I'll tell you, in the first five films, uh, it is up there with Toy Story 2. Um, I, don't, I don't know that it's better than Toy Story 1. Toy Story 2 is my favorite uh, so far that we've watched. But this one is a really strong... I think it's better than Monsters, Inc. I think it is better than... Um, uh, a bug's life and uh i i have i have feelings it may be better than the incredibles uh so we'll see but uh sawyer are your fears at least elite? and i'll say this much i was too brash in my assessment before so sawyer you were right and i was wrong it's been known think? to happen you know <laughs> I, I can't i can't really i can't really add to that no um i i i think that uh Everything that you said is obviously accurate. Um, I, about I think, you being right. <laughs> well, that, but also especially about the movie. You know, I think that when parents sit down to watch this movie, because because I will I will say this time watching through it, I wasn't like chuckling at every Dory joke. Um, sure. In fact, most of them I did. I did. I do still laugh at all the crush stuff. I loved everything with the sea turtles. Um, I'll tell you what character is funny to me now because I said I didn't laugh. The characters that work for me. Um, the sharks are pretty great. That's a pretty oh, great the scene. shark. The whole shark sequence is awesome. I think that uh, everyone in the fish tank is pretty funny. Um, oh yeah, and I will say that I did forget Brad Garrett's character uh, made me. Brad laugh. Garrett and um, what's her name? West Wing press secretary. Um, oh, Allison Janney is <laughs> Allison the, uh, Janney starfish. the starfish. Is awesome. I loved her. Um, yeah, I just I love I, I love pretty much everything about this movie. This movie came out. I, I'm I'm only uh, I'm two years younger than than Nathan's younger brother Benjamin, and yeah, I'm I'm similar. I had that VHS, and I I watched the heck out of that thing. Um, this was one of the first DVDs that we ended up buying because when we got rid of our VHS player, I was like, I can't watch Finding like we bought Finding Nemo immediately. Um, it, yeah. it this was a pivotal movie for me as a child and stuff like that. Um, but now. I yeah, it's just look, we've we've harped on it enough. It's a yeah. fantastic movie. Donnie you, has something he wants to say, I can tell. I mean, well, I was thinking while you're talking about Dory, I I totally disagree with the assessment of Dory. And I'll you tell you why. Funny? Not necessarily funny. I think she's naturally endearing. Mm. Because I think she's that type of person that is so innocent of things. That sometimes uh, their innocence seems annoying because you're like, hey, like, okay, you don't understand how serious this is. And they're like, no, but did you see how beautiful this is? Like, they yeah. can be in the worst of situations and have this super bright perspective. And it's almost annoyingly, annoyingly positive. You're like, can't That's you just be mad Donnie. with me? It's possible that the reason I like this is I'm I'm a cynical jaded person. That is possible. <laughs> I I will say, Donnie, to your point, I think that's a that's a great observation on like kind of just getting into spoilers. Her the end of her arc is kind of her kind of like reaching her her pinnacle of like capability. Yeah, and Marlon kind of shuns her for it is the thing. Yeah, and it's this great emotional moment where we get to see her kind of accept herself. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and so I I really I do love your point there, Donnie. Well, we're gonna get to all of that in the theme, so let's let's get to that. I think that's a great uh, segue into our themes, uh, which I think is the strongest part about this movie. I'll say, um, 
uh, there's a lot of Pixar movies that I think all Pixar movies, the uh, the Rosetta Stone to be able to interpret all uh, Pixar movies is they are written for parents, not children, uh, which is ultimately why uh, many kids, their favorite movies are not the Pixar movies. There's some other Frozen or Moana or something like that, because those movies are written more towards the children. Uh, Pixar's end up being the movies that the parents love. This movie is one of the best because it actually has something to say to parents beyond um beyond just uh don't you love your kids isn't it great to love your kids uh this movie is very much about and this is what our themes for today is how do we raise our children to not be fearful because we don't want them to live in fear but to also live with caution because uh, part of the job of a parent is to raise your children to be able to take care of themselves to be able to be wise to be able to know what's safe and what's unsafe. But we also, because especially as believers, this may not be critical for other people, but as believers, uh, one of the, if some people believe it's the most often repeated command in the Bible is do not be afraid. We are commanded to not live in fear and to know that our God is protecting us. That doesn't mean we should live unwisely, uh, but we don't want to raise our children to live in fear. And this movie, I think, whether it solves that it tees up that conversation for parents. And that's what I loved. I got good conversations out of this. So Donnie, why don't we just go ahead and start with that beginning topic of how does this movie bring up the idea? And let's just start from the parents' perspective. Okay. Um, and we've already said this. The movie originally began, in case you don't know, this movie begins uh, very much like the movie Up in a very emotional kind of five minutes that just tells you everything you need to know about a character. Um, and... Unlike the movie Up, and this may be my next one, this movie actually delivers on that promise, whereas Up I, I is just about a dog up. and a bird. <laughs> I agree with you on Up. It is kind of overrated it's, after that yeah, first five minutes. It's good, but what everyone remembers about Up is the first five minutes of that movie. This movie delivers on it, but originally this movie, that scene came somewhere around the end of the second act, and you would find out why is it that Marlon is so afraid, and why was he... Because he's a little annoying at the beginning of this movie as a parent he seems uh almost neurotic but this movie begins by explaining the reason why he is so protective of his son is because of the danger that he has witnessed when his wife and uh, all of the eggs all of his children were eaten uh besides uh nemo so donnie talk about how this movie kind of sets up that the fear that parents have of raising their children in the world yeah, I think um, like perfectly is like definitely there's two separate depictions that they show. They show, you know, Dory's parents and they, uh, yep, um, spoiler alert, um, as well as uh, they show like Nemo's. Um, and I love the fact that what they show in here is how we as parents, we sometimes we will have a very fair line of walking with the idea of being fearful and being cautious and we want to believe that we're being cautious but many times we are i want i don't want to use the word inflicting but uh projecting our own fears um or our own experiences on our kids and that's how we interact with situations and that's exactly what marlon did is that marlon had experienced this and, and the thing about it is that it affected nemo but nemo never knew about it necessarily because he was like i guess from his age, he didn't really know. Like he, he just knew that something had happened and his dad was like this, but you see how much it affects Marlon. Like, and that's interesting. That's interesting, Donnie, that you bring that up. I had not had this thought. 
Do we know if Nemo knows what happened to his mom? Do they- I don't think the movie ever establishes if he. I don't yeah. think the movie. The movie doesn't at least, at least. It doesn't go out of its way to tell you what happened. Because yeah. in this whole thing, you watch like Marlon lost his entire family except for his kid, one of yeah. his children, and like who has a bad fin because yeah. his the egg got cracked and he didn't get properly exactly. developed because of this. Yeah, and like a lot of parents, like when we when we have our children, regardless of you know whatever during as they're being raised there are certain levels of protection we want to put around them. And especially when they may have like things that give them a disadvantage. Yeah. We, we want to give them an opportunity to, to level the playing field, so to speak. And I think even though like, and I don't think Nemo ever really sees those as like things that are like a disadvantage. I think he, he's, he lives in the space of, I don't, I don't even think about it. Like, I don't even like, I'm not concerned myself with it. I just, you know, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, I just keep swimming, you know, like, (laughs) and like, whereas like Marlon's like, well, okay, so this has happened to you. This has happened to you. And this happened to me. And we've dealt with all these things. So you should be afraid. And when you think about that, that's how parents at times do. We go, Hey, I experienced this. I experienced this. I experienced this. And we should be, and I, you should be afraid because I've experienced this. And the kids are like, but I yeah. never did. So well, and, and I think to take what you're saying a step further, Donnie, Marlon doesn't even really explain a lot. And yeah. so I think when we as parents, because it is like you just said, it's a it's a line that you have to watch because sometimes, you know, one of the reasons God gives us fear, like instinctual fear, mm-hmm. is to protect us for us to when I see a bear charging at me. A little bit of fear is an appropriate response, right? There's a difference between reacting in fear and living in fear. And I think as a parent, one way to figure out is, am I preparing my children for how to deal with danger? Because if my approach is, no, 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 too far. Now, obviously with a baby that you can't have the conversation, but as my kids get older, am I preparing? And what we see in this is, Marlon doesn't. In fact, one thing I wrote down was, and this was just funny because it's 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 any parent with their kids, but I think it goes to the, the characterization of Marlon is the first time we really see Nemo, he's asking his dad a thousand questions, which in very just strong scripting standpoint uh, becomes things that get answered through the journey. Yeah. Like, does it does a turtle live to be a hundred and can they blah, blah. And every time they answer, Marlon's like, I, I don't know. Stop asking. Stop asking questions. You're too curious. You're too curious because he doesn't want Nemo's curiosity to lead him into danger. But what the what Gil, who we find out in, in when he's in the fish tank, who is Willem Dafoe's character, who is just perfect in this movie. Willem perfect Dafoe casting. Yeah, just killing it. Uh Willem Dafoe's the Gil allows Nemo to learn about the world through experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what Nemo learns is by the end of the movie, what Nemo learns is my dad was right. Some of this stuff was too dangerous for me. But yeah. when we as parents are always going, you don't know, you don't understand. And I do what that tells our kids is, uh, uh, well, well, I should say is we don't know what it tells our kids. Maybe they trust us and they become fearful Or maybe like Nemo, which this is what happens in this movie, he goes, my dad doesn't know what he's talking about Mm -hmm. and does swim out too far and gets captured. In fact, this movie really comes down. I think this was a good thing I could talk to my parents, my kids about is, yeah, Marlon was was way too over the top. And in fact, his intense, strict 
fear-based rules ended up pushing Nemo to want to rebel too much. I said, but didn't Nemo learn he really should have listened to his dad because he was unsafe? That there is this balance. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's that idea of like, I think when you watch it, it's like, he's like, Nemo's like, hey, I don't need to do, like, I need to go do this because my dad doesn't know what he's talking about. But like, I think sometimes we put that protective barrier around them thinking that we're helping them, but we're often hindering them from at least going into the world with a different perspective that we do, because like, you know, like granted there's certain things where you're like, okay, I'm not going to let you experience this because this is literally a danger that you definitely can't do, you know, things like that. Like we yeah. teach the kids, like, you know, don't run across the street and stuff like that because cars move fast and all these things and natural things of understanding, but being afraid of like nature and be like, Hey, don't necessarily be afraid of these things. Start to learn the world around you. So yeah. you can understand what it, how it exists. Like I'll give you a good example is that like we bought a book that like has like talks about how bees are because we, our kids like do not like, like wasp especially and different bees and stuff, but having an understanding of the world around you is yeah. a way of living cautiously versus living, living fearfully. Like you, because a lot of times most of our, like most of the actions come out of fear of going, I'm afraid of what's going to happen or what the end result will be rather than right. I'm instead of going, I'm, I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't have any control over what's going to happen. So I'm going to control the situation in a way that keeps mm -hmm. me from being afraid. Well, and it's yes, because I think control is the thing. And that's where this movie really talks about is fear leads me to control, but I can only take control in the things that I understand. Yeah. And so like a good example of that in this movie is the scene with the jellyfish. And this is really a turning point for Marlon, which is he is they are told by um who are they told or is it by the the, the, the fish? Sea turtles. Yeah. The, the sea turtles, turtles tell. No, no it's, I think it's, it's those fish. Yeah, they're like, look out the, for you. Make sure you go through the trenches, not above. Right. And the trench looks scary and dangerous. Oh, yeah. And so Marlon says, no, we're not. I know better because I know that places like that are dangerous and scary. So I won't go. But in going above, he ends up almost getting Dory killed because mm -hmm. he trusted his fear and what he thought he could, what he thought he understood beyond the directions he was given now this is yeah. obviously if i was preaching this yeah. that's the christ gives us commands on how to live and when we're afraid we sometimes don't listen because we think he doesn't know better than us you know what's interesting i was just thinking about that when you said that and the first thing i thought about just now and i did i don't think i even thought about this when i was watching is that it's the dynamic dory like his relationship with dory is like another child in his relationship with nemo and if you watch that Dory trusts like him fully with what he yeah. says. And because of that, sometimes he gets in a lot of danger because he's like, Hey, just trust my, what I've, what I've experienced. This is how it goes. And then he almost, you know, like Dory almost gets killed. But whereas like, and it's that mentality of like, when people are like, Oh, well, my kids listen to everything I say. Well, is that always, that means they may not trust their own selves. What we want as parents is for our kids, and we've talked about this a lot, we want them to take on the character of Christ. Yes. Which does not mean they have to do everything. Uh, and when we say we want them to do things as Jesus would do them, if Jesus was living in their context, this doesn't mean they have to go become a carpenter. 
<laughs> because they have to do everything. That's not what we mean. We mean we want them to take on the character. And you, as a parent, I want them to take on my character, which is I want them to be able to interpret in their situations. Now, what this does mean, I think this is, goes to another parenting advice we give frequently. When they're young, they are incapable of that. When I mean young, I mean when they're probably below seven, eight, they just need to follow the rules. They just need to know they can't have a full understanding to be able to go, well, mom, I have determined that this is the proper route to do this. I do know how to start a fire on you my should, own. You should not be allowing your eight-year-olds to calculate risk, okay? Right. <laughs> eight-year-olds right. not be talented in risk assessment, okay? <laughs> exactly. And so we're talking about a different thing, but those preparing them begins as early as possible, you know? age-appropriate preparing. And that's how you as a parent can live. And I see this now. I didn't see this when I was younger, but I see it now with my um, 10-year-old who's about to be 11 is I can trust you to to be places where I'm not because I I do I know your character. I know your maturity. I know who you are. I know your heart. And I know that you will do at your ability to understand what you believe is the right thing based on what I have taught you, what you've learned from church. But that had to start at, you know, as early as possible. So, um, okay, I think we've talked about this idea a lot, but there's other ideas in here that I think are good. You've already mentioned Dory, and I know Sawyer loves Dory. So let's talk a little bit about why this character works in the movie. Here's one thing I want to propose, and then Sawyer, take this wherever you want to. But one of the benefits of, of Dory, and I think it's why she has to exist in the movie, um, even though the 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 portrayal of it's not my favorite. I think the character is instrumental and her memory loss is instrumental because Marlon is living in the past. Marlon's problem is that he can't forget every situation he interprets through that one incident and Dory's ability to just forget and rely and trust on the people around her allows her to live a, a, a more, what I would call even God honoring life. She's able to trust people and serve people and love people without fear. Uh, and the movie does a good job of saying she doesn't actually ever put herself in a dangerous situation, which I think is interesting. Now, it's obviously a fictional movie. They've scripted it that way. But the point of the movie is to say, and she's not getting herself in more danger by living this way. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Sawyer, what, what is it about Dory that you think is, is, is helpful to parents? So I, I think like. We have at the beginning of the movie, it takes the movie does a great job of establishing coming out of this traumatic experience exactly who Marlon is. OK, we see we see. And by the way, we haven't said his name at all, which is a crime. Albert Brooks plays oh, Marlon yeah. very well. If you the haven't watched is, Defending Your Life, make sure you yeah. do. The thing that Dory introduces because we've seen Marlon only be a parent in situations that he is in utter control of. He's like, I can control this situation. I'm fine. And like the big moment for Marlon is when he gives his son over to school and then like everything goes wrong. And he's like, see, I need to be in control. Dory reintroduces control to Marlon in a chaotic situation is the thing. Right. What, as, and so as you're watching the movie, you're going to see this thing like Marlon is so out of control. OK, you've got the shark sequence where he is just like, obviously, he's being hunted by a shark. OK, he's reacting appropriately to that. You know, you've got all these sequences where he's being forced to either trust Dory or trust the seashell sea turtles or whatever. Dory is this character, though, that he can in the non chaotic moments when they're just swimming. 
he doesn't have to worry that she's going to be crazy. And his whole arc is contingent on her staying in control or like her being able to be controlled by him. Okay. And his arc is really completed when he decides I'm going to let these two people whom I love and want to protect go and do something dangerous. Okay. The, the, the title of the movie for me is kind of a double meaning. He's out there, like obviously physically searching for his son, but he's also by the end of the movie, realizing who his son is capable of being and he finds nemo um anyways i i just think dory is kind of this proxy opportunity for him to parent throughout the movie is the thing and we get to see him watch as these two kids of his blossom into their their fully realized selves well and i think not that as parents we can forget things like dory but being able as a parent to accept every new day as as the book of lamentation says that his mercies are new every day every day is a fresh start and that i as a parent can allow my kids to have a fresh start uh and to to live in such a way cuz it's difficult when you're raising kids you've known them their whole life they haven't known you uh the, the same length and i know that sounds weird to say but they were an infant and they don't rem- they don't have the same memories you have yeah. and something happened when they were a baby and you've been afraid ever since yep. and you can't let it go or or you were afraid of something that was going to happen when they were little and as a parent to be able to say and i think the sea turtles are also a really important part of this in that marlin gets to see a different way to parent at that point which is as Donnie said, i'm trusting you but i'm giving you safe boundaries to do it you're not going off into the world by yourself i'm allowing you to do that within not only my vision, but I've got a community that's helping to raise you. They all see you. We have yep. lost something uh, in society when uh, I can, my, my, my friend's parents don't know my parents. Uh, and cause I would go to my friend's house, get in trouble with his mom, then come home and get in trouble with my mom. Yep. <laughs> like, uh, like I would get, I would go home. Get, I'd get in trouble there. Come home, get a spanking here. Like, And I know that makes me sound like such an old man, but there is something about even that community that Mm -hmm. I don't have to be afraid to leave them with another parent because I know we're all doing the same thing. Yeah, because we're all trying we're all trying to move in the same direction of helping our children to grow to be well, like well informed, well intentioned adults. And like I was thinking about like the whole idea with uh, Dory and like it kind of connected to something I had read recently. Um, It was from like a Dallas Willard book. And he talked about the difference between being busy and being hurried. And yes. the idea of busy is a condition of the body having so many things to do. And then hurried is like being preoccupied where you can't be fully present. Yes. And I think that's kind of the way that Dory is, is Dory is fully present in every situation and moment. And when you're fully present in a moment, it's much more difficult to be as afraid Yes. Then when your mind is busy with everything that has gone wrong and could go wrong. Well, because so much of fear, and this is a Dallas Willard thing as well. I'm, I love that you brought that quote uh, from him, but I think so much of our emotions are actually felt in our bodies. But what happens is we assign things to them from our brain because I'm not present in the moment. And so my wife and I will have to say that a lot. Sometimes I'm really fearful about something with my kids. 
but I also didn't sleep well the night before. And I'm really busied with a bunch of stuff. I'm not present in the moment. And it's just easier for me to go, nope, don't go do it. Nope, 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 nope. Then it is to slow down and really think through in this moment. Okay, is are they unsafe right now? Is this an unsafe situation right now? How am I preparing them to be able to handle situations like this in the future? You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, I know we're running short on time, so I, I don't want to go too much on this part because there's one last thing I want to talk about that I think is really important, and that's the characters in the fish tank when they go. And we've already talked a little bit about Willem Dafoe's Gill character here, but there's these there are these great moments in there where Nemo actually finds out uh, he learns, one, a lot of things my dad said is true. The world is more dangerous than I thought, but the way he found that out was by living in the world and being able to have experience. But he also found out that this disability I have of having a small uh, fin that my dad actually, it increases my dad's fear for me. That doesn't have to hold me back. And in fact, the reason it doesn't have to hold me back is because I'm learning how to deal with the situations in my life. And so what I think is really important as a parent, we've said this, the way for us as parents to not be ruled by fear, because look, we're going to feel fear. I am learning that now as a parent. I did not live a very worried, fearful life until I had little people I was responsible responsible for. I made horrible decisions for my own health and my my wife's health uh, when we were first married because she was an adult and she could make decisions for herself. When I had a kid, it changed a lot of that. But what and that's what we were said uh, last week uh, on the podcast of feelings they matter. Fear, it matters. It's a real thing you're feeling, but it is temporary. And your decision matters more than what you feel. And so if I, as a parent, can be in a situation where I think my kid is unsafe, the, how do I toe the line between knowing if I'm making this decision because it's the wise and safe decision to make or whether I'm making it because I'm afraid? And I think the solution is, is what I'm doing preparing my child to live a wise life? And if all I'm doing is saying, nope, don't do that. Nope, uh, because I said so is the reason. Once again, not when they're four, but when they're 14, maybe even when they're eight or nine, I'm not preparing them. I'm just telling them they have to do whatever I say, which isn't what I want when they're 25. What were you going to say, Sawyer? So I, I love this point that you're making because it's literally what the movie is all like kind of hinged on, okay? We see throughout the movie, Nemo and Dory learning to do things to, like that is going to be instrumental later on. And in the final act of the movie, Marlon also has his moment. Okay. It's a lot more subtle because basically Nemo has learned how to do certain things. Dory has learned how to do certain things. What Marlon has not been tested on yet is, am I going to allow them to do these things that right. might be dangerous? And it's a really subtle beat that the movie takes, but it's simply that he allows he releases them. He's like, yes, go and do this good thing that might result in something bad happening. But you guys, I trust you. And, and it'll be a good thing that you guys do this. And it's this, it establishes that he is afraid for them. Okay. That's the thing. It doesn't like, it's not like Marlon is like, yeah, go off. And he's just like, this is going to be fine. It establishes that he's afraid. And then at, and then there's like a moment where like you think his fears are realized, okay? And it's just, oh, it's so perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. a really good moment. What were you going to say, Donnie? I was thinking about like, if you just look at, if you watch the progression throughout the story, 
you watch as the community helps to grow Nemo and their confidence in the world around them and to reduce their levels of fear. Because you think about it, it's the interaction with, you know, Dory that starts to light Nemo up and be like, okay, oh, that's not so bad. And like being more confident in themselves. And as he encounters like the sea turtles, like there's that level of, oh, you know, like, <clears throat> like you see different things. But like when he's in that fish tank, it's really cool to watch that all of them are have different perspectives yeah. and they all share it, share what they what they want for like this situation. But at some point they just go, you know what? If we do all the things that we can do to make sure you do this safely, you can proceed. And I think it's such a key point in like parenting is that sometimes being a parent is letting them potentially fail for the sake of them understanding that not everything goes as planned. And when things don't go as planned, how do you handle whether it be disappointment or whether it be if a danger is realized, you know, because you're going to encounter things in the world. Like if you're like, you know, like example you gave, it's like if you're climbing up a tree and you fall one day, does that mean you never climb again? No, it just means that you encountered a reality of things. And now you will proceed with caution in a different way with a different perspective as opposed to I'm never going to do this again because this happened. Well, if everything that we ever experienced that went wrong, we just decided that we would remove that entirely. There are some things that we would have never learned and never grown up into to be able to incorporate to our parenting, you know, like we experienced tons of things that were not great as kids and, and survived it. And because of it, we've learned, okay, that wasn't the best idea, but now I know. Yeah. Well, and I think what you're saying there, and I think this is what the character of Gil really shows us is um, the way that I can get beyond fearful parenting is to train my children, mm-hmm. is to train them. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't train them. We just are, we're protecting them. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we see it as, but really we're ill-equipping them. And, you know, I think back to a moment early in my parenting where we were having dinner with some people uh, that we we love their people in our family. And um, my, I think she was about two years old. My two-year-old was climbing out of her high, high chair. She just decided she's going to climb out. I'd never seen her do this before. And I mean, it's pretty high up. It was one of those, it was probably, you know, four or five feet off the ground and she's trying to climb herself and going to jump down or something. And the other person who was there with us goes, no, 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 stop, 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 let me come help you. And I said, no, let's see if she can do it. And they're doing it. And she's like, oh no, they're going to fall. And I said, I want to see if she can do it. And and what they said is, I'm just worried about when you're not around, what's she going to do? And what I said is, I am also worried about what's going to happen when I'm not around. Me telling her to stop right now is not going to stop her when I'm not around. I want to be able to train her on one of two things going to happen. She's going to fall, bust her head, and then decide, I don't ever want to climb out of that again. That was a bad idea. Or she's going to learn she knows how to climb out of the high chair and do it safely. And I will know as a parent when I'm not around, even if she decides to climb out of the high chair, I'll know that she can do it. Now, that's a silly, small example. But if you don't want to learn how to trust your kids yet and prepare them, that's okay. But there is coming a day, and it may be when they're 18, it may be when they're 20, it may be when they're 21, where you will have to trust them, but you may not be able to because you will have not properly prepared them. 
And the preparation happens now. And I see parents who watch their kids go off to college who get married. I I got married when I was 19. And I think a lot about the 19-year-olds that would graduate from here. And I go, they are not ready to get married. And I realize how scared my parents must have been for me. But I also know my parents knew they had prepared me. And Mm -hmm. that whatever trouble I came into, they didn't have to be afraid because I would handle it with God and with them. Yeah, because it's important. Like that's such a big important thing is that teaching them how to live life, like right. not necessarily telling them. Like because you can tell. Like I've, and I said this recently to my kids. I said I don't want you to do things just because I tell you to. I want you to want to do the right thing in situations, and also to use the things that I have taught you to make good decisions. Because, yeah. like it's like you said. I mean. It's that idea is like, I'm not always going to be around to tell them, hey, you shouldn't do that action or you shouldn't do this. I want them to be able to have some self-realization of going, hey, this is a really bad idea. Or if it happens that they learn from that situation enough to go, okay, now I'm going to proceed with more caution later. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what we see in the character of Gil. I think that's what we learn in this movie. You know, there's that initiation scene where Gil has him come across the bubbles and it's the volcano but what it teach and it's obviously a silly thing but what it teaches nemo is i can do scary things and that's who i am Mm -hmm. and i want that for my kids i want them to have small situations that as an adult i go hey you were scared that time you climbed the tree but remember you did it and you were fine you were scared that time that you fell off your bike but you got back up and you did it that's who you are that's how you have confidence and this is important because fear is a cancer and it will eat away at your ability to follow Jesus because there are times that following Jesus, in fact, a lot of times, because it's all about trust, requires you to be out of control. And that's scary. But we that's what matters most to us as parents. We think this movie will give you a great opportunity to do that. So I hope you will join us next week as we continue to have conversations to help your children love Jesus and his way of life even more. We'll see you then.